not too abnormal. About two hours into that, all of a sudden, the Lord woke me up. He started pounding me with the word peace. And I thought, Lord, I've, I've preached this sermon over and over and over again, but he really started working in my heart with peace. And first of all, I said, Lord, you know, it's not Monday morning yet. And all of a sudden I leaned over and realized it was Monday morning. So I guess he could start anytime he wanted to. But as I started looking at this word peace, I realized in my heart, maybe I didn't even know what peace was all about. In fact, the Lord said to me, you've been a man of war for lots and lots of years. You've been trained that way. You've thought that way. It's time for you to be a man of peace. So I started looking on Monday morning when I got to the office and looked at all the synonyms for peace. Coulter a while ago said, I, didn't he say tranquility or calmness or quietness? He doesn't know anything about that yet. That came from his daddy someplace or somebody, you know, kids. Man, but that is truth. That is one of the synonyms for peace. And when I started looking at what biblical peace was all about and what that, that word literally meant, it encompassed almost all of this. There's, there's the word rest. Most of us don't know what that is anymore. We're too busy in our lives. The Bible says we need to stop and be still and know the Lord and listen to Him. There's also the word unity. Have you ever thought about that? how the word unity brings peace. And it's all throughout the Bible that word is, is used over and over again. Serenity, peacefulness, tranquility, silence. Some of you guys like that more than others. Some of the opposites of peace. Conflict and war agitation and distress. How much of your lives are filled with those things? I started thinking about what this word peace means and what the peace of God that passes all understanding means. You know, the Bible says in this passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, to unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I, I've been, I hadn't been on this world as long as some of you guys have, but I've been on here a long time. I don't know that I've ever seen peace in our nations. We, we were in the Sunday school class this morning, and, and it said that all the kings ought to exalt the Lord. All of them ought to, ought to acknowledge him. Can you imagine if every kingdom in the world acknowledged God as the one true God, what would happen? There would be peace the conflict would be gone just an amazing thing as you as you think about this word peace though instead of the increase of his government and the peace that there will be no end and then over in the book of john chapter 14 verse 27 jesus comes to his disciples and he says my peace i leave with you not as the world gives but i give you my peace. And that really started me thinking about this word peace. What, what does that mean that Jesus would give me his peace? That that, that was what he wanted us to have, not, not as the world gives. And so I started thinking about what does that word really mean to us as, 
as we are our people here. And I looked, I went back to the house on Tuesday or Wednesday and I looked around and I thought about all the stuff that we've got. How about you? My groceries, I got groceries in the in the pantry, I got groceries in the in the refrigerator. That's important to me, by the way. I got groceries in everywhere, stuffed in all kinds of places. I got all kinds of stuff around there. And yet there wasn't really peace in my heart. So peace and plenty don't really go, are not synonymous with each other. In fact, being able to go around the world some as, as Sheila and I have to Mexico and to Russia, I've seen people that don't have anything and yet they seem to be just as at peace as I am. So it's not about having plenty or too much. In fact, I, I sat around in my house and thought, man, how spoiled are we in the United States if someone from Mexico or someone from Russia had all of this food and all of this stuff in their pantry, they'd think they were the richest per people in the world. Just amazing. And yet there was this dissatisfaction in my, my life, not peace. There was more uh, distress, anxiety, if you will. So he says, not as the world gives, but as I give, what does God's peace mean for us? If you would, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture that maybe I've re relearned this week from, from God. Book of Philippians chapter 4. Paul's writing here to the church at Philippi and... Uh, he says this to them in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice and let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Quit, in Greek, quit being anxious about everything. Quit being anxious about everything. Wow. David needed to hear that. Needed to tattoo it on his head. Quit being anxious about everything. But in everything... With thanksgiving, present your prayers and petitions to God and the peace of God. Not before, but after you do these things. So there's a choice that's being made here by, by us. First of all, we, we've got to quit being anxious about it. We've got to make the choice that that anxiousness is not going to do, be doing anything for us. In fact, the Bible says, how, how can being anxious add one cubic to your life? It won't. One second to your life. It won't. Why can worry about doing whatever needs to be done add anything to your life? It can't. It can't. But instead, realizing that everything we've got comes from God. Everything we've got comes from God. With prayer and petition. It's an interesting thing. First of all, praying to God. Do you spend time every day? Do you spend part of your day Talking to God. That's, that's what prayer is. He's your father. The Bible says he sticks closer than a, than, a, than a brother. He's the one true God of the universe. He's got the answer for all things. How long, how much time do you spend every day just spending time with God? Nothing else. I want to get to the petition part before I get to the prayer part. God, I got this list and I need you to hear me. Like he is obligated to do that or something. Instead, 
I've had to learn in these last few days especially because I've got this list of people that, that I pray for every day. seems like that list gets longer all the time. Got added to a few weeks ago. Y'all remember that I talked about the government and that the government was on his shoulders and, and we ought to pray for all of our government officials. Man, that list in time has gotten bigger since then. And it's really hard for me to just, just go from, okay, God, now let me show you my list. But how much time do you just spend talking to God and listening for what he's got to say to you? The Bible says we're his kids. He wants to talk to us. He wants to speak to our hearts. We need to learn to what his voice sounds like, who he is. We need to spend time going before him and, 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 and acknowledging who he is and what he does. King of kings and Lord of lords, lover of my soul, my master, my savior, my Lord, my friend. Wow. When you start saying those words and thinking about who God really is and talking to him in that time, it changes something inside of you. Suddenly you realize that my prayer time is not about me. It's not about my petition and my wants. It's about a holy God who loves me, who wants to guide and direct every step of my path, who wants to give me good things. He wants me to be not just, not just with him, but in him every moment of the day, to entreat him with all that I have. So I've had to rethink about my prayer time. It's not just about petition, it's about prayer. And then, yes, God wants to hear our petition. We need to go with intercession for other people. We need to go with intercession for all those around us. We need to go for those that are sick. We need to go for our friends and our family. We, we need to go before God with our country, the needs of our country that we see. How many times do we do that with thanksgiving? God, I thank you for what's going on in my life right now. God, I thank you for all the fences that are broken, all the cows that are out, all the cotton that's got to be stripped, all the things that I've got on my list, I give you thanks. I give you thanks. You're in control of all of those things, Father. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm not going to be anxious about them. You guide and direct every step I've got to do today. And I'll give you thanks and praise. And then it says, when those requests are made known to God, when God, you, you've, you've entreated him with who he is, when you've prayed to him earnestly, when you've come before him with petition, and then allow the peace of God that passes all understanding, you know, that's a choice. You can choose today peace, or you can walk, walk away from it. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Wow. I realized this week as I was going through this time of, of thinking about what peace is all about, I realized my greatest obstacle to peace in my life is David Diggs. may not be you. You may not have that trouble. But I realized my biggest obstacle was peace, and probably the biggest obstacle was my wanter. 
I never quit wanting. I think we in the United States have that problem. We never quit wanting. We always need something else. There's always something out there that's bigger, better. We always want something. We, we are bombarded every day by all kinds of advertisements. We're bombarded by all kinds of stuff that you need. We're bombarded by wanting to do good things for people. We're bombarded by all kinds of stuff. And the wanting never stops. Paul says in this passage of Scripture, which he had every right to be discontented and distressed. He was in prison probably by this time knowing the day he was going to have his head cut off. One of his last letters to this church at Philippi. And yet you find Paul writing in the middle of all of that pressure, in the middle of all of that problems, chained to a Roman soldier, you find him saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it, rejoice. You find him saying to this church at Philippi, I've learned to be content in all situations, whether I have a lot or whether I'm in need. I've learned to be content. I think that has to happen before peace comes. You know, I looked at all of those, the stuff I had and all the things and I realized how blessed I am, how spoiled I am for one thing in this country. Wow, we've got more than any other country can possibly imagine. And yet, I have the most trouble being content sometimes. Content right where you are. Choosing peace. Paul gives us an antidote for that, if you will. He says in this passage of scripture in verse 8, Finally, brothers, set your minds. Make up your mind that today, that today I'm going to think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, put your mind on those things. Put your mind on those things. We should be a people that first of all are content. Above all other nations in the world, we ought to realize how blessed we are. Unbelievably blessed. We ought to realize that, that we have a privilege just like this one this morning to come here and worship freely, openly in this place. When I had the privilege to go to Russia, there was 15 people in that church when I, that, that met together for that church. And all 15 of them had had to worship for the last many years in the sewer systems because they couldn't let the government catch them. We just don't understand how privileged we are. We ought to be content on all things in the United States more than any other nation in the world. Then we ought to choose peace. I believe God has got it setting there for us, waiting for us. And instead, we have all these burdens and all these problems and all of these things going on in our lives. And, and, and whether it's a health thing or a finance thing or or a work thing, or whatever it is. We've got all of this problem and all of this on our shoulders. When Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Rest. 
you'll take those things. He says, take on my yoke because my burden is easy. My burden is easy. What about you today? I've had a whole week of <laughs> trying to work this peace thing out in my own life. It comes down to a choice that I've made. I can either look at all the stuff going on around me and be discontent, all the stuff that somebody else has got or hasn't got, and, and I can be distressed and anxious about all of those things. Or I can choose today to go to the one who knows all things, who's created all things, the God of the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's given me the privilege to go before him Take all of those burdens and all of those things and, and put them on his, his shoulders. His shoulders. And in return, he'll give you peace. He'll give you peace. What a privilege that is. Today, today I wonder if we could take just a few moments and make that choice. God, I want that in my life. I want peace. I want rest. I want contentment. I know you're the hope of the world. We talked about that last week. We, we, we hoped for him for 750 years. The, the, the Jews hoped for the Messiah to come, and then he came. For 750 years, they kept that hope alive day after day. Even 400 years, there was a period there, 400 years, when, when God didn't speak to them at all. Wow, they kept that hope alive. Why? Because, because the prophet had said so, because God had told them through the prophet. And now for 2,000 years, we've kept the hope alive that Jesus is coming again. Let us not grow weary in that. Jesus is coming back. But in the meantime, could we live a life that God wants us to live, a life of peace? I believe it starts with us making that choice this morning. God, I want that. Help me to set my mind and my heart on whatever's good and lovely and pure. And then, Father, you said you'll bring peace. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I thank you that you want to give us this beautiful gift of peace. As if it's one of those, as if it's one of those gifts wrapped under the tree in a big box with a bow on it. You want to hand it to us. You want to open that, see us open that package, Father, and inside of us have rest, contentment, quietness. Father, I thank you for that. How desperately our whole world needs peace, your peace. Not some fleeting peace that's made by a truce, not some fleeting peace that we've read about, but in the deepest part of us peace and I thank you that you want to give that to us today and I pray for each person here that we would choose that in this moment together 
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sheila's going to play a hymn of invitation. God's inviting you this morning to choose that peace, to allow that in, in your heart and life. Put all the other stuff aside and choose peace today. Sheila, play. So let me invite everybody. We're going to have potluck fellowship. If you didn't bring anything, who cares? we got plenty of stuff. We're going to have a potluck lunch. And uh, hope you'll come and enjoy that with us. Then we're going to have a little gift exchange. If you, if you didn't bring a gift, let me know. We'll fix that too. So it's not a big, big thing. But we're going to have a little gift exchange after that. Play some games and so on and so forth. According however however long we last. You know, the older I get, the less time I can play games. So. We're going to have some good time today in this fellowship, and I hope you'll, uh, you'll join us for that. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you for who you are, the God of peace, the God of hope, the God of joy, and the God of love. So we lift our hearts together today, Father. It's good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ this day. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs> you got Marcy and them? Marcy and Do what? <laughs>